This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3548 for Wednesday the 9th of March 2022. Today's show is entitled, Make a Custom Git Command and is part of the series, Version Control. It is the 270th show of Klaatu, and is about 20 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, make git subcommands with shell scripts, and git rem pass. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu. In this episode, I want to talk about Git, specifically how to create your own Git subcommands. You may have seen projects in the past that have added functionality to Git. So you install the thing, and then suddenly you have these new subcommands within Git. Git is kind of famous for having lots of subcommands. I don't think there's actually that many, but it does seem to be enough of a joke in the world that someone created sort of a um, a website where it would give you fake Git documentation for a bunch of fake Git subcommands. It was actually quite entertaining. But if you do type in git dash dash help, I guess pipe it into less maybe. It doesn't even fill up a screen. That's not that many. So there's git clone, git init, git add, git move, git git restore, git bisect, git diff, and so on. So those are the the subcommands or the verbs or or whatever you call those, the the, the second statements in in a... command that you use. I call them subcommands lately. Those are built in to git. And in fact, when you do a man git space clone, for instance, you do notice in the name of the man page, it's git dash clone. And that applies to any of the subcommands. You can do a, a man of, of git space, any of the subcommands, and it brings up a, a, a man page for a git dash something. But if you do a which on git space clone, you don't get anything. So the the git executable itself is at user bin git or wherever it is on your system. If you do which git, it'll it'll tell you. And if you if you do, for instance, a file on on that on that thing on that executable, it is an executable. It's an else binary. So git is parsing as a compiled option within git. It parses what subcommand path you want to go down when you do git space clone or git space init or git space whatever. I'm, I'm making this point because I'm going to leverage or I'm, go- I'm going to do something different than that. But it, the, the principle is somewhat the same. Okay, so in order to, to create your own git subcommand, I guess I could mention that I have created my own git subcommand and it's over on gitlab.com slash slackermedia slash git-portal, I think. I'll put a link in the show note, I guess. But it's called git-portal. Yeah, it's slackermedia slash git-portal on GitLab. And I, it might even be merit on GitHub. Anyway, anyway, it's a git subcommand. So you type in like git space portal whatever, and it it does some things with some git hooks and some git commands and, and scripts. the The point of it is that it manages. It's a very lightweight way to manage large binary blobs in that are associated with your git project. So it removes binary blobs from version control, which admittedly is not something you normally want to do with git. And it was one of those things that was kind of particular to a project that I was working on, but continues to be particular to a couple of projects that I work on. So it's it's still a tool that I use all the time, and it's good because it it, it keeps it keeps big 
binary blob information out of the version control that I that I do need, but it it keeps those large binary blobs associated with the project. And then there are things like git lfs and git annex, but honestly, those were both we I looked into them and they were both overkill for lots of different reasons, which I won't go into right now. Point being that I I that I created this subcommand. And I wanted it to feel like part of the Git system. I didn't want it to be a, a, another tool that people sort of had to remember to tack onto, onto a project. It, it should feel integrated into the rest of the, the workflow. It wasn't necessary. I mean, it could just be an, a separate command, but I thought it might be nicer if it just felt like another thing that you do in Git. Kind of fits into the workflow of your Git commands. You do a git add, a git portal, a git commit. That that was the flow. And I felt like that was easy for people to kind of integrate into what they were doing anyway. So I wanted it to be, I wanted it to fit into, into git very naturally. And the way to do that is to make it a subcommand. Making a script that you've written into a subcommand of git is actually really, really easy. Git makes this very simple. It can be, well, it can be embarrassingly simple. It can also be quite complex, so I'm going to go over kind of two of them to um, to to give an example of 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 what you might do. Okay, so first of all, before we go into into how to do that, I need to talk a little bit about Git rev parse. So rev dash parse rev parse is a subcommand of Git. It's built in, and it's it's one that you may not have used before. You you may have. Um, I didn't start using it until I started doing a lot of Git hook scripting, and and then it becomes really, really useful because it gives you honestly kind of weird, weird functions that that you don't really need outside of a script a lot of times. So, for instance, Git space rev dash parse space dash dash show dash top level. Well, that shows you the top level of your Git repository. And if you're a user and you're in a Git repository, do you really need to know your top level? I mean, just look in the directory that you're in, right? Well, sure, but what if you're in a subdirectory of a subdirectory of a subdirectory? The the quickest way, potentially, to get your, you know, to, to sort of remember where you are is, well, honestly, PWD. PWD will show you where you are, and then you just kind of backtrack until you see the, the, the folder called uh, myproject.git, that's your top level, probably. But again, if you need to know exactly where your top level is, you can do a git space rev dash parse space dash dash show dash top level, and it'll tell you home so slash home slash clatu slash myproject.git. That's your top level. What is a top level directory? Well, it's 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 the outer bounds of the git repository. As far as git knows, that top level is the, the start of the world. That's where the universe begins. Git doesn't know there are directories outside of it. Git doesn't know it's on your computer. Git knows nothing other than the top level and everything below it. So git rev show top level shows you the, the directory with a hidden dot git directory in it. And you can, you can actually see that hidden directory with another git rev parse command called git rev parse dash dash git dash dir and and that shows you again the top level and the hidden git level in in the top level this again seems weird if you're just using git you know you you probably don't need that you just go to the top level and then you do an ls dash a or something and there's the hidden git folder or you can just go into the git folder yourself although you 
probably shouldn't. Okay, so another cool RevParse one is git RevParse dash dash show dash CD up. And that shows you how to CD to the top level. And, and so if you do, if you're in a subdirectory of a subdirectory and you do git RevParse dash dash show CD up, it returns dot dot slash dot dot slash dot dot. So if you're going to do a CD command, and you, and you want to end up in your top level, git rev parse dash dash show dash cd up tells you exactly what you need to type in after cd. There are other functions to rev parse, there are a bunch of different functions, but generally what I want to emphasize here is that gif, git, git rev parse exists, and it's got a lot of useful scripting utilities that will help you kind of get yourself above Git. You know, it kind of gives you that sort of um, detached view of your Git repository, which can be useful when scripting, and it can also be useful when you're creating your own subcommand. Here's more about that now that we know that Git rev parse exists. So let's do a really simple um, hello world style implementation of this, and then we'll do a more complex one where we're passing parameters and things like that. So I'm going to um, open up a text edit. No, I'm going to go to a demo directory so I don't clutter up my hard drive. Okay, that's good. So I'm going to open up a file called hello, no, git-hello.sh. And the .sh is somewhat significant is significant in this, in this instance. So do add a .sh if you're trying this yourself. There, there are, you, you can imagine different ways to do this, but the, uh, you, you'll see why I'm saying to specifically put a .sh on the end of this one. So I'm going to just create this file, shebang slash bin slash sh, and then I'm just going to write echo, quote, hello, close quote, redirect slash temp slash hello dot txt. That's my exciting git script. That's the function that I want to give my users so that when they type in git space hello, they'll get a, a file in their temporary directory with the word hello in it. It's not very useful, but it's demonstrative. So now, so th- so that 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 file exists. If I put that somewhere in my path, actually I'll chmod it first, chmod plus x git dash hello, and then I'm gonna move git dash hello dot sh into some location on my path. I have a binary, a, a bin, a tilde slash bin directory in my home directory, and that's always on my path. So now that it's there, if I execute git-hello.txt, nope, I meant sh, then if I do a cat of slash temp slash hello.txt, I get the word hello, so that works. Uh, and now I'm going to trash slash temp slash hello.txt because I don't want it to confuse me later. I don't want a false positive. So, so I have no hello.txt in my temporary directory now. I've confirmed th- the script works, but of course if I do git space hello, it doesn't work. It tells me git hello is not a git command, and that's correct. What I can do now is create a second file, and this one I'm going to call just git-hello. And in this file, I'm going to put a shebang bin sh, and then I'm going to just give the path, I'm going to, well, I'm going to give the full path. You don't have to, actually I won't. I'll just do git dash hello dot sh. So in this file called git dash hello, I am simply executing git dash hello dot sh. Now because git hello sh is on my path, I don't have to give it the full path here. You can if you feel nervous about it not being in your, on, on, 
in the user's path, but ideally you would have an installer that would kind of manage the paths. So git hello, git dash hello, just launches git dash hello dot sh. I'm going to now move git dash hello to somewhere on my path. So again, into my tilde slash bin folder. And now if I, if I type git space hello, nothing happens because I forgot to chmod plus x bin git dash hello. Okay. Now if I type in git space hello, it doesn't tell me anything, but guess what? If I do a cat slash temp slash hello.txt, there's the word hello. The file exists, even though I had moved it to the trash earlier. So this is a new version of that file. And that's how you make your own git subcommand. So just to overview that again, what we did, we, cre we created one by um, one script file with a unique name. It could be anything. I mean, it could be penguins.sh or just penguins. It doesn't matter as long as it's executable, as long as, it, as you can run this script, it's good. I, I prefer to call it something obvious, uh, obviously related to the thing that I am building. So in this case, git dash hello was logical, but I wanted to distinguish this file from the front end file. This is kind of the back end business logic part of the of of what we're doing. So it's git dash hello dot sh. That's put into your path, created, uh, marked executable. Next, you need to create a front end file for git to find, and that front end file needs to be the incantation you want people to be able to type into git as a subcommand. So if it's git hello is what you want, then you need to make a file called git dash hello and put it somewhere in the path. When you then type git space hello, git knows to look in the path for something that matches that sequ that combination, and if it does exist, then git runs it. Git dash hello resolves to git space hello in git. Now in this case, my front end script was quite simple. It just launches git dash hello dot sh. That's easy, but it can be more complex. So for git portal, for instance, I need to pass arguments. You don't just type in git space portal. There, there's other stuff you need to do. Like there's, if you're going to add an uh, an image or a file to to your portal, you uh, you do git space portal space add space whatever file you want to add to your portal. So um, I needed those arguments. I needed to know what action the user was going to take. Are they adding something? Are they moving something? What are they doing with the git portal? And, and what file are they targeting? So all those things needed to get passed through to, to the actual, the actual script that was getting run and, and the hooks and, and all, all the things that were getting processed. Git rev parse is able to help you with exactly that. So if I go to git portal, I'll go into the file here. Okay. So here's the git dash portal command. And you don't really need to know what the git dash portal dot sh command is. It's a script. It has a bunch of different functions in it and, and does lots of different things depending on what kind of input it receives. But none of that's, like, that's just detail work, right? All we know is that we've got a black box here called git portal dot sh, and it needs some input, and it'll provide output accordingly. So the git dash portal script to launch that is, it's only like four lines. Shebang slash bin slash sh arg equals dollar sign parentheses git space rev dash parse space dash dash sq dash quote. So sq dash quote is an option that git rev 
parse provides you to safely quote the rest of whatever command you're feeding it. So whatever is considered an argument or a parameter or whatever, it gets quoted. So dash dash sq dash quote space quote dollar sign um, at sign close quote. So that's dollar sign at sign in in quotes and then close the parentheses. So the arg variable has just been set to the results of using git rev parse dash dash sq dash quote on dollar sign at sign, which which represents to the shell that it, it's the rest of the arguments. And second line is command, or, or I just put cmd because I'm lazy, didn't want to type. cmd equals quote git dash portal dot sh space dollar sign arg close quote. So the command variable is simply executing git dash portal dot sh wherever it may be. I don't care. I have faith because the, 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 the user has installed this somehow. So I have faith that git dash portal dot sh is somewhere in their path. So I'm just calling git dash portal dot sh space dollar sign arg where arg is, of course, the result of that git rev parse command that I just went through. And then finally, the, the final line is eval space quote dollar sign cmd close quote. That's it. You're done. So if I just go over to a back over to my demo folder here and do a git init dot, or I guess I could have just done git init now, I think. Uh, and then I'm going to do, well, I need some content here. So I'm going to copy this pixel file that I keep handy from my home folder into my current directory. And now if I do git portal, that is git space portal space add space pixel dot png, then now I see that in my current directory, I have a new directory called underscore portal, which is the default name of the of the portal. Um, it, it has a symlink from pixel.png into the portal. And that's how this that's how git manages this. So then you do a git commit pixel.png. So you're committing the symlink rather than the actual binary file. And I didn't add that yet. Git add pixel.png. There we go. Git commit dash m added a file close quote. And now I've got a git log that contains a record of me committing pixel.png, but I've got a repo without actually, that that does not contain pixel.png. It just contains a symlink to a known location underscore portal that contains the actual file. That's what git portal does. It's it's simple in theory and uh, works actually quite well. If you, if that sounds like something you want to try, feel free to try it. It's been working for me really well for several different projects where I'm dealing with either really, really large multimedia files, or I'm dealing with so many multimedia files that just don't really matter to me that much. Um, it's just the fact that there is a JPEG in this location. So I, I, I use Git Portal quite a lot to abstract sort of the art from the craft, and and it works out. I mean, it it, it does remove things from version control, so if that's not something that you want, don't do that. But if it is something that you want, try it out, Git Portal. And and either way, if you just need reinforcement of what I've just discussed in this episode, that's the repository to look at. GitLab slash, gitlab.com slash slackermedia slash git dash portal. That's the, that, that'll have, if you look in the bin file, you can ignore all the, you know, the auto tools and the configuration files and stuff like that. Just go to the bin file. There's git port, git dash portal. That's the front end. Git dash portal dot sh. That's the the 
That's the business logic. That's where it all happens. That's the application. That's the script. There are some hooks as well. So there are some things in there that, that, that you won't see, but I think that those two files together should demonstrate really, really well what I've talked about in this episode. So I hope this helps you. Um, it's really fun and, and cool to be able to just create your own subcommands. Don't get carried away, I guess, but it is, it, it's a neat little trick. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.